Chapter 15 of Child of Storm. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Child of Storm by H. Ryder Haggard. Chapter 15 Mamina Claims the Kiss. Part 2. After she had run away with the prince who was dead, however, I did tell the Lady Nandi. Moreover, the Lady Nandi in my presence searched the straw of the doorway of the hut and found there, wrapped in soft hide, certain medicines such as the Nyangas sell, wherewith those who consult them can bewitch their enemies or cause those whom they desire to love them or to hate their wives or husbands. That is all I know of the story, O king. Do my ears hear a true tale, Nandi? asked Panda. Or is this woman a liar like others? I think not, my father. See, here is the muti medicine, which Nahana and I found hid in the doorway of the hut that I have kept unopened until this day. And she laid on the ground a little leather bag very neatly sewn with sinews, and fastened around its neck with a fiber string. Panda directed one of the counselors to open the bag, which the man did unwillingly enough, since evidently he feared its evil influence, pouring out its contents on to the back of a hide shield, which was then carried round so that we might all look at them. These, so far as I could see, consisted of some withered roots, a small piece of human thigh-bone such as might have come from the skeleton of an infant that had a little stopper of wood in its orifice, and what I took to be the fang of a snake. Panda looked at them and shrank away, saying, Come hither, Zikali, the old, you who are skilled in magic, and tell us what is this medicine. Then Zikali rose from the corner where he had been sitting so silently and waddled heavily across the open space to where the shield lay in front of the king. As he passed Mamina, she bent down over the dwarf and began to whisper to him swiftly, but he placed his hands upon his big head covering up his ears, as I suppose that he might not hear her words. "'What have I to do with this matter, O king?' he asked. "'Much, it seems, O opener of roads,' said Panda sternly, "'seeing that you were the doctor who smelt out Masapo, "'and that it was in your kraal that yonder woman hid herself "'while her lover, the prince, my son, who is dead, went down to battle, "'and that she was brought thence with you. "'Tell us now the nature of this muti and being wise as you are, be careful to tell us truly, lest it should be said, O Zikali, that you are not a Nyanga only, but an Umtakati as well. For then, he added with meaning and choosing his words carefully, perchance, O Zikali, I might be tempted to make trial of whether or no it is true that you cannot be killed like other men especially as I have heard of late that your heart is evil towards me and my house. For a moment Sakali hesitated, I think to give his quick brain time to work, for he saw his great danger. Then he laughed in his dreadful fashion and said, 
Oh, the king thinks that the otter is in the trap. And he glanced at the fence of the Izzy Golo and the fierce executioners who stood watching him sternly. Well, many times before has this otter seemed to be in a trap, yes, ere your father saw light, O son of Senzangakona, and after it also. Yet here he stands living. Make no trial, O king, of whether or no I be mortal, lest of death should come to such a one as I. He should take many others with him also. Have you not heard the saying that the opener of roads comes to the end of his road? There will be no more king of the Zulus. And when he began his road, there was no king of the Zulus, since the days of his manhood are the days of all the Zulu kings. Thus he spoke, glaring at Panda and at Satawayo, who shrank before his gaze. Remember, he went on, that the black one who has gone down long ago, the wild beast who Father Dazulu heard, threatened him whom he named the thing that should not have been born. I and slew those whom he loved, and afterwards was slain by others who also are gone down, and that you alone, O Panda, did not threaten him, and that you alone, O Panda, have not been slain. Now, if you would make trial of whether I die as other men die, bid your dogs fall on, for Sikali is ready. And he folded his arms and waited. Indeed, all of us waited breathlessly, for we understood that the terrible dwarf was matching himself against Panda and Setawayo and defying them both. Presently it became obvious that he had won the game since Panda only said, Why should I slay one whom I have befriended in the past, and why do you speak such heavy words of death in my ears, O Zekali the wise, which of late have heard so much of death? He sighed, adding, be pleased now to tell us of this medicine, or if you will not, go, and I will send for other Nyangas. Why should I not tell you when you ask me softly and without threats, O king? See, and Zakali took up some of the twisted roots, these are the roots of a certain poisonous herb that blooms at night on the tops of mountains and Woe be to the ox that eats thereof. They have been boiled in gall and blood, and ill will befall the hut in which they are hidden by one who can speak the words of power. This is the bone of a babe that has never lived to cut its teeth. I think of a babe that was left to die alone in the bush because it was hated, or because none would father it. Such a bone has strength to work ill against other babies. Moreover, it is filled with a charm medicine. Look! And pulling out the plug of wood, he scattered some gray powder from the bone, then stopped it up again. This, he added, picking up the fang, is the tooth of a deadly serpent that, after it has been doctored, 
is used by women to change the heart of a man from another to herself. I have spoken, and he turned to go. Stay, said the king. Who set these foul charms in the doorway of Saduko's hut? How can I tell, O king, unless I make preparation and cast the bones and smell out the evildoer? You have heard the story of the woman Nahana. Accept it or reject it as your heart tells you. If that story be true, O Zikali, how comes it that you yourself smell out not Mamina, the wife of Masapo, but Masapo, her husband himself, and caused him to be slain because of the poisoning of the child of Nandi? You err, O king. I, Zikali, smelt out the house of Masapo. Then I smelt out the poison, searching for it first in the hair of Mamina, and finding it in the carros of Masapo. I never smelt out that it was Masapo who gave the poison. That was the judgment of you and your counsel, O king. Nay, I knew well that there was more in the matter, and had you paid me another fee and bade me to continue to use my wisdom, without doubt I should have found this magic stuff hidden in the hut and mayhap have learned the name of the hider. But I was weary, who am very old. And what was it to me if you choose to kill Masapo or choose to let him go? Masapo, who being your secret enemy, was a man who deserved to die, if not for this matter, then for others. Now all the while I had been watching Mamina, who sat in a Zulu fashion, listening to the deadly evidence, a slight smile upon her face, and without attempting any interruption or comment. Only I saw that while Zakali was examining the medicine, her eyes were seeking the eyes of Saduko who remained in his place, also silent, and, to all appearance, the least interested of anyone present. He tried to avoid her glance, turning his head uneasily, but at length her eyes caught his and held them. Then his heart began to beat quickly, his breast heaved, and on his face grew a look of dreamy content, even of happiness. From that moment forward till the end of the scene, Saduko never took his eyes off the strange woman, though I think that with the exception of the dwarf Zikali, who saw everything, and of myself, who am trained to observation, none noted this curious by-play of the drama. The king began to speak. Mamina, he said, you have heard. Have you aught to say? For if not, it would seem that you are a witch and a murderess, and one who must die. Yea, a little word, O king, she answered quietly. Nahana speaks truth. It is true that I entered the hut of Nandi and set the medicine there. I say it because by nature I am not one who hides the truth or would attempt to throw discredit even upon a humble serving woman. And she glanced at Nahana. Then from between your own teeth it is finished, said Panda. Not altogether, O king. I have said that I set the medicine in the hut. I have not said, and I will not say how and why I set it there. That tale I call upon Saduko yonder to tell you. He who was my husband that I left for Umbalazi, and who, being a man, must therefore hate me. 
by the words he says i will abide if he declares that i am guilty then i am guilty and prepared to pay the price of guilt but if he declares that i am innocent then o king and o prince at the wayo without fear i trust myself to your justice now speak o Suduko, speak the whole truth whatever it may be if that is the king's will it is my will said panda and mine also added Setawayo, who i could see like everyone else was much interested in this matter saduko rose to his feet the same saduko that i had always known and yet so changed all the life and fire had gone from him his pride in himself was no more none could have known him for that ambitious confident man in his day of power the zulus named the self-eater he was a mere mask of the old saduko informed by some new some alien spirit with dull lack-lustre eyes fixed always upon the lovely eyes of mamina in slow and hesitating tones he began his tale it is true o lion he said that mamina spread the poison upon my child's mat it is true that she set the deadly charms in the doorway of nandi's hut these things she did not knowing what she did and it was i who instructed her to do them this is the case from the beginning i have always loved mamina as i have loved no other woman and as no other woman was ever loved but while i was away with Makumasan, who sits yonder to destroy bangu chief of the amakoba he who had killed my father umbezi the father of mamina he whom the prince at the wayo gave to vultures the other day because he had lied as to the death of umbelazi he i say forced mamina against her will to marry masapo the boar who afterwards was executed for wizardry now here at your feast when you reviewed the people of the zulus o king after you had given me the lady nandi his wife mamina and i met again and loved each other more than we had ever done before but being an upright woman mamina thrust me away from her saying i have a husband who if he is not dear to me still is my husband and while he lives to him i will be true then o king i took counsel with the evil in my heart and made a plot in myself to be rid of the boar masapo so that when he was dead i might marry mamina this was the plot that i made that my son and princess nandis should be poisoned and that masapo should seem to poison him so that he might be killed as a wizard and i marry mamina now at this astounding statement which was something beyond the experience of the most cunning and cruel savage present there a gasp of astonishment went up from the audience even old zikali lifted his head and stared nandi too shaken out of her usual calm rose as though to speak then looking first at saduko and next to mamina sat herself down again and waited but saduko went on again in the same cold measured voice 
I gave Mamina a powder which I had bought for two heifers from a great doctor who lived beyond the Tugela, but who now is dead, which powder I told her was desired by Nandi, my Inkosikazi, to destroy the little beetles that ran about the hut, and directed her where she was to spread it. Also I gave her the bag of medicine, telling her to thrust it into the doorway of the hut, that it might bring a blessing upon my house. These things she did ignorantly to please me, not knowing that the powder was poison, not knowing that the medicine was bewitched. So my child died, as I wished it to die, and indeed I myself fell sick because by accident I touched the powder. Afterwards Masapo was smelt out as a wizard by old Zikali, I having caused a bag of the poison to be sown in his carros in order to deceive Zikali, and killed by your order, O king, and Mamina was given to me as a wife, also by your order, O king, which was what I desired. Later on, as I have told you, I wearied of her, and wishing to please the prince who has wandered away, I commanded her to yield herself to him, which Mamina did out of her love for me and to advance my fortunes, she who is blameless in all things. Saduko finished speaking and sat down again, as an automaton might do when a wire is pulled, his lackluster eyes still fixed upon Mamina's face. You have heard, O king, said Mamina, now past judgment, knowing that, if it be your will, I am ready to die for Satuko's sake. Papanda sprang up in a rage. Take him away, he said, pointing to Saduko. Take away that dog who is not fit to live, a dog who eats his own child, and thereby he may cause another to be slain unjustly and steal his wife. The executioners leapt forward, and having something to say, for I could bear this business no longer, I began to rise to my feet. Before I gained them, however, Zikali was speaking. "'O oh, king,' he said, "'it seems that you have killed one man unjustly in this matter, namely Masapo. Would you do the same by another?' he pointed to Saduko. "'What do you mean?' asked Panda angrily. Have you not heard this low fellow, whom I made great, giving him the rule over tribes and my daughter in marriage, confess with his own lips that he murdered his child, the child of my blood, in order that he might eat a fruit which grew by the roadside for all men to nibble at? And he glared at Mamina. Aye, child of Senzangagona, answered Zikali. I heard Saduko say this with his own lips, but the voice that spoke from the lips was not the voice of Saduko, as were you a skilled Nyanga like me, you would have known as well as I do, and as well as does the white man, watcher by night, who is a reader of hearts. Hearken now, O king, and you great ones around the king, and I will tell you a story. Matewane, the father of Saduko, was my friend, 
as he was yours o king and when bangu slew him and his people by leave of the wild beast jaka i saved the child his son ay and brought him up in my own house having learned to love him then when he became a man i the opener of roads showed him two roads down either of which he might choose to walk the road of wisdom and the road of war and women the white road that runs through peace to knowledge and the red road that runs through blood to death but already there stood one upon this red road who beckoned him she who sits yonder and he followed after her as i knew he would from the beginning she was false to him taking a richer man for her husband then when saduko grew great she grew sorry and came to ask my counsel as how she might be rid of masapo whom she swore she hated i told her she could leave him for another man or wait till her spirit moved him from her path but i never put evil into her heart seeing that it was there already then she and no other having first made saduko love her more than ever murdered the child of nandi his inkosikazi and so brought about the death of masapo and crept into saduko's arms here she slept a while till a new shadow fell upon her that of the elephant with the tuft of hair who will walk the woods no more him she beguiled that she might grow great the quicker and left the house of saduko taking his heart with her she who was destined to be the doom of men now into saduko's breast where his heart had been entered an evil spirit of jealousy and of revenge and in the battle of endondakusuka that spirit rode him as a white man rides a horse as he arranged to do with the prince at the wayo yonder nay deny it not o prince for i know all did you not make a bargain together on the third night before the battle among the bushes and start apart when the buck leapt out between you here said the wayo who had been about to speak through the corner of his carass over his face as he arranged to do i say he went over with his regiment from the izikosa to the usutu and so brought about the fall of umbalazi and the death of many thousands yes and this he did for one reason only because yonder woman had left him for the prince and he cared more for her than all the world could give him for her who had filled him with madness as a bowl is filled with milk and now o king you have heard this man tell you a story you have heard him shout out that he is viler than any man in all the land that he murdered his own child the child he loved so well to win this witch that afterwards he gave her to his friend and lord to buy more of his favour and that lastly he deserted that lord because he thought that there was another lord from whom he could buy more favour is it not so o king it is so answered panda and therefore must saduko be thrown to the jackals 
Wait a while, O king, I say that Sudoku has spoken not with his own voice, but with the voice of Mamira. I say that she is the greatest witch in all the land, and that she has drugged him with the medicine of her eyes, so that he knows not what he says, even as she drugged the prince who is dead. Then prove it, or he dies, exclaimed the king. Now the dwarf went to Panda and whispered in his ear, whereon Panda whispered in turn into the ears of two of his counsellors. These men, who were unarmed, rose and made as though to leave the Izikolo. But as they passed Mamina, one of them suddenly threw his arms about her, pinioning her arms, the other tearing off the karash she wore, for the weather was cold, flung it over her head and knotted it behind her so that she was hidden except for her ankles and feet. Then, although she did not move or struggle, they caught hold of her and stood still. Now Zakali hobbled to Saduko and bade him rise, which he did. Then he looked at him for a long while and made certain movements with his hands before his face. Afterwards Saduko uttered a great sigh and stared about him. Saduko, said Zakali, I pray you tell me, your foster father, which is true, as men say, that you sold your wife Mamina to the prince Umbalazi in order that his favor might fall on you like heavy rain? Wow, Zikali, said Saduko with a start of rage. If were you as others are, I would kill you, you toad. Who dare to spit slander in my name? She ran away with the prince, having beguiled him with the magic of her beauty. Strike me not, Saduko, went on Zikali. Or at least wait to strike until you have answered one more question. Is it true, as men say, that in the battle of Ndondahusuka, that you went over to the Asutu with your regiments because you thought that in Lohufu Enesiluante would be beaten and wish to be on the side of him who won? What, Toad, more slander? cried Saduko. I went over for one reason only to be revenged upon the prince because he had taken from me her who was more to me than life or honor. I, and when I went over, Mbalazi was winning. It was because I went that he lost and died, as I meant that he should die. Though now, he added sadly, I would that I had not brought him to ruin and the dust, who think that, like myself, he was but wet clay in a woman's fingers. O king, he added, turning to Panda, kill me, I pray you, who am not worthy to live, since to him whose hand is red with the blood of his friend death alone is left, who, while he breathes, must share his sleep with ghosts that watch him with their angry eyes. Then Nandi sprang up and said, Nay, father, listen not to him who is mad and therefore holy. Footnote. The Zulus suppose that insane people are inspired. End footnote. What he has done, he has done, who, as he has said, was but a tool in another's hand. As for our babe, I know well that he would have died sooner than harm it, for he loved it much, and when it was taken away for three whole days and nights he wept and would touch no food, 
Give this poor man to me, my father, to me, his wife, who loves him, and let us go hence to some other land where perchance we may forget. Be silent, daughter, said the king, and you, Ozikali, the Nyanga, be silent also. They obeyed, and after thinking a while, Panda made a motion with his hand, whereon the two counsellors lifted the caross from off Mamina, who looked about her calmly and asked if she were taking part in some child's game. "'I, woman,' answered Panda, "'you are taking part in a great game, but not, I think, such as is played by children, a game of life and death. Now have you heard the tale of Zikali the little and wise and the words of Saduko, who was once your husband, or must they be repeated to you?' "'There is no need, O king. My ears are too quick to be muffled by a fur bag, and I would not waste your time.' "'Then what have you to say, woman?' "'Not much,' she answered with a shrug of her shoulders, "'except that I have lost in this game. "'You will not believe me, but if you had left me alone I should have told you so.' who did not wish to see that poor fool Saduko killed for deeds he had never done. Still, the tale he told you was not told because I had bewitched him. It was told for love of me, whom he desired to save. It was Zikali yonder, Zikali the enemy of your house, who in the end will destroy your house, O son of Senzankagona, that bewitched him as he has bewitched you all and forced the truth out of his unwilling heart. Now what more is there to say? Very little, I think. I did the things that are laid to my charge, and worse things which have not been stated. Oh, I played for great stakes, I who meant to be in Kosasana of the Zulus, and as it chances by the weight of a hair I have lost. I thought that I had counted everything, but the hare's weight which turned the balance against me was the mad jealousy of this fool Saduko, upon which I had not reckoned. I see now that when I left Saduko, I should have left him dead. Thrice I had thought of it. Once I mixed the poison in his drink, and then he came in, weary with his blottings, and kissed me ere he drank, and my woman's heart grew soft, and I overset the bowl that was at his lips. Do you not remember, Saduko? So, so, for that folly alone I deserve to die, for she who would reign, and her beautiful eyes flashed royally, must have a tiger's heart, not that of a woman. Well, because I was too kind, I must die. And after all is said, it is well to die, who go hence awaited by thousands upon thousands that I have sent before me, and who shall be greeted presently by your son, in Lovu Eni Siluante, and his warriors greeted as the Inkosasana of death, with red, lifted spears, and with the royal salute. Now I have spoken. 
walk your little road o king and prince and counsellors till you reach the gulf into which i sink that yawns for all of you o king when you meet me again at the bottom of that gulf what a tale you will have to tell me you who are but the shadow of a king you whose heart henceforth must be eaten out by a worm that is called love of the lost o prince and conqueror said Ohio, what a tale you will have to tell me when i greet you at the bottom of that gulf you who will bring your nation to a wreck and at last die as i must die only the servant of others and by the will of others nay ask me not how ask old zikali my master who saw the beginning of your house and will see its end oh yes as you say i am a witch and i know i know come i am spent you men weary me as men have always done being but fools whom it is so easy to make drunk and who when drunk are so unpleasing i am tired of you sober and cunning and i am tired of you drunken and brutal you who after all are but beasts of the field to whom medlingangi the creator has given heads which can think but which always think wrong now king before you unchain your dogs upon me i ask one moment i said that i hated all men yet as you know no woman can tell the truth quite there is a man whom i do not hate whom i never hated whom i think i love because he would not love me he sits there and to my utter dismay and the intense interest of that company she pointed at me alan quatermain well once by my magic of which you have heard so much i got the better of this man his will and judgment and because of that soft heart of mine i let him go yes i let the rare fish go when he was on my hook it was well that i should have let him go since had i kept him a fine story would have been spoiled and i should have become nothing but a white hunter servant to be thrust away behind the door when the white inkosikazi came to eat his meat i mamina who never loved to stand out of sight behind a door well when he was at my feet and i spared him he made me a promise a very small promise which yet i think he will keep now when we part for a little while macumazahn did you not promise to kiss me once more upon the lips whenever and wherever i should ask you i did i answered in a hollow voice for in truth her eyes held me as they had held saduko then come now macumazahn and give me that farewell kiss the king will permit it and since i have now no husband who take death to husband there is none to say you nay i rose it seemed to me that i could not help myself i went to her 
this woman surrounded by implacable enemies, this woman who had played for great stakes and lost them, and who knew so well how to lose. I stood before her ashamed and yet not ashamed, for something of her greatness, evil though it might be, drove out my shame, and I knew that my foolishness was lost in vast tragedy. Slowly she lifted her languid arm and threw it about my neck. Slowly she bent her red lips to mine and kissed me, once upon the mouth and once upon the forehead. But between those two kisses she did a thing so swiftly that my eyes could scarcely follow what she did. It seemed to me that she brushed her left hand across her lips, and that I saw her throat rise as though she swallowed something. Then she thrust me from her, saying, Farewell, O Makumazana. You will never forget this kiss of mine, and when we meet again, we shall have much to talk of, for between now and then your story will be long. Farewell, Zikali. I pray that all your plannings may succeed, since those you hate are those I hate and I bear you no grudge because you told the truth at last. Farewell, Prince Edawayo. You will never be the man your brother would have been, and your lot is very evil, you who are doomed to pull down a house built by one who was great. Farewell, Saduko the fool, who threw away your fortune for a woman's eyes, as though the world were not full of women. Nandi, the sweet and forgiving, will nurse you well until your haunted end. Oh, why does Umbalazi lean over your shoulder, Saduko, and look at me so strangely? Farewell, Panda the Shadow. Now let loose your slayers. Oh, let them loose swiftly, lest they should be balked out of my blood. Panda lifted his hand, and the executioners leapt forward. But ere they reached her, Mamina shivered, threw wide her arms, and fell back, dead. The poisonous drug she had taken worked well and swiftly. Such was the end of Mamina, child of storm. A deep silence followed, a silence of awe and wonderment, till suddenly it was broken by a sound of dreadful laughter. It came from the lips of Zikali, the ancient, Zikali, the thing that should never have been born. End of chapter 15, part 2. Recorded by Keith Salas.